And now we have a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about the rest of Pandemic Legacy. If you haven't played the game and you don't want any surprises to to be ruined or you don't want anything to be given away yet, really, don't listen to this episode. This episode is only for people that want to know what happens or already knows what happens because they played the game. Some of these spoilers can affect your enjoyment of the gameplay, so seriously, uh, if you're going to play someday, don't listen to it. If you think you might play, don't. Just delete the whole episode, be done with it. Alright, you've been warned. The spoilers are going to start strong and fast. Once the klaxon sounds, this is your last chance to turn it off. Really, just just do it. Just, just shut this off. Don't listen. Don't! Alright, and so here we go. Alright, Albert. I'm going to ruin it for you. Zombies. I know. What? I know. Somebody already Albert, told me. How do you know? I told you okay. my, my friend Tom played the game. He told me about it. He, he we have zombie meeples at work. You have zombie meeples. At yeah, work? the little plastic zombies. They're all over the uh, desk. They're not meeples, well, sir. They're, they're little, little plastic. Yeah, they're, they're they're plastics. So they're the disease cubes. Uh, yeah. So essentially, what happens is very soon in the middle of the first game. Uh, one of the diseases becomes essentially uncurable, although it's still curable for a bit. Soon it's going to be completely uncurable. Um, and this disease at about a third through the game gets replaced with zombies instead. And the zombies are not curable. You have to beat the game by doing various other objectives. Um, and you cannot cure the zombies. They will kill you if you end your turn in the same spot as them. And they will cause things to outbreak and fade all over the place. It's a whole lot of trouble. Mm. But you do get extra abilities to upgrade them. This There's a bunch of stickers that are going to be coming out that let you upgrade the various diseases. And I, I'm, it's really hard for me to get make guesses. For me, I thought it was like obvious that you want to get a certain set of stickers to upgrade the diseases before you do other upgrades. You can also upgrade cards themselves, player cards, to initially give yourself free events on those cards so you can sacrifice specific cards for free events. Mm-hmm. And then at one point in time, you can also put items on cards instead of events on cards. They're sort of like mini events. You just get to do more of them at once. Hmm. Uh, it's an extra action you can actually take in the middle of a game called equip. Um and you get to actually put stickers on cards in the middle of your game to, and you can also do it at the end of the game as part of your end game upgrades. Um, but you can put stickers on cards and give yourself mini events on those cards. So that's more stickers that you get to put on things. And those equipment are good at fighting the zombies or doing extra activities like mini things. You can also do quarantine tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, those also unlock and those let you put out a quarantine token. And the next time a cube or a zombie would come in a spot, you throw away the, the, you don't throw it away. You remove the quarantine token instead of doing it. It's funny. That reminds me, uh, speaking with Rob Davio, he was talking about how he can never use the word like this is his legacy anymore (laughs) because for him, legacy is a no word. Oh no. It's like, I, 
I say a couple times in other games, like, okay, we have to I throw away that card. Like, you don't actually mean throw it away. No, I mean discard. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a legacy game. Yeah, you got to be so careful how you use words, huh? <laughs> right? It's sort of like a joke at this point in time. Like, every game could be a legacy game. So, yes, I mean discard. Remove the quarantine token instead. There's another one that's roadblocks, which you can put a roadblock in a spot, and diseases can't go through there, but you need to discard an extra card to go through it. These are things that are straight out of later expansions for Pandemic. I don't know how many exp- Pandemic expansions you've met, you've played. I've played a couple of them. So mm-hmm. these these are things from expansions. Cool. Okay. So does it have and like the the board where you have to cure the diseases on and find the cures? It does not have oh, that. That's a good one. Um, it has something similar to that. Um, there are vaccines. At one point in time, you will eventually gain the ability. It's like the the last few games, you will gain the ability to actually start curing zombies. But the only way to do that is you have to grab vaccines. And so there's going to be vaccine production buildings that are going to be building up vaccine doses. And so you have to run to over to those vaccine buildings, pick up vaccine doses, and you have to pair those vaccines. Uh, along with a treat action, which is vaccine action at that point in time, to cure the faded the the zombies. Mm-hmm. They're called faded. So, how was your what was your reaction when you first saw the zombies? How, did you find out about it because you opened the box, or because it said uh, something and then you saw the in the box? You open up. Well, it said something. You get like I was talking about. There's those cards mm-hmm. that tell the scenario that are coming, and so. The way it would work is I would read the card while the people are opening up the box. So those two things happen simultaneously because the card tells you what they are as you're opening up the box. Mm, okay. So, I mean, I was... I mean, I saw it coming. <laughs> okay. So the story was predictable was, at that point. Of yeah, the story was predictable. Like, there's a deadly disease. What's funny is that when I p- introduce Pandemic or Pandemic the Cure... I go, okay, so there's four diseases that are taking over the world, and we have to stop it. There's the red disease, the blue disease, the yellow disease, and zombie outbreak. <laughs> I've been doing that for years, and it typically gets a giggle when I oh. say it. And so I've been doing that for years, long before this one came out. And so when I saw a disease that is entirely uncurable and is making people more aggressive and making them a danger to people around mm-hmm. them, and then I was like, oh, it's 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 zombies. It's going to be zombie outbreak. They're doing it. I'm never going to be able to make that joke again, am I? They just ruined so, it. Great, because if you make that joke, you're not spoiling the game, the legacy game for everybody. I mean, I still, Good I going. still make that joke. I still make that joke, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I can fairly claim that I was making that joke before the legacy was involved. Okay. So I, I saw that coming. There was no shock for that. The second one was more of a shock, though. And this was a well-done shock. Um, At one point in time, like, there's these green buildings, which are military buildings, paired military buildings that are coming out. And they're being helpful. And you have a goal at one point in time to get as much of them out as you can. And then once you have a whole bunch of those military buildings out the next card set reveals to you that one of the characters, one of the actual characters has betrayed you. Mm. Um, there was a really powerful ability that you gained access to, which is essentially when leaving, you get to kill a faded. And most people would put that on a card and probably a card that they want to use because it's a good ability. 
And so the game sort of tricks you into doing that because whichever character has that ability is the betrayer and is removed from the game and torn up. Ah, okay. So, okay. So there, lose there is a chance to, if you replay it, to, to do it differently because you know it's going to come up. Exactly. Mm, okay. And if you know it's coming up, you may play the game differently. Especially that that particular decision about which character is going to be the betrayer, you may very well play differently. Yep. You'll play it on your in weakest fact, card. Yeah, you'll play one of the bad cards if you can. In fact, play, knowing that the military is going to end up being bad would definitely have changed our decisions before we made before we came to that realization. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? So that's a, that's a definite negative because that sort of stuff awesome and surprising to play for the first one i i can't imagine how you would play the game knowing that and add in more difficulty and challenge and they didn't even attempt to broach that. yeah but they don't even but attempt to fix don't, it didn't you say already that there is a balancing mechanism in there anyway so so if you make it easier for yourself with that you're still gonna the balancing method levels out okay what you can do is you can add in a fifth epidemic card like you would add more epidemic cards into a standard pandemic game to make the mm. game harder in general but i'm going to be making optimal moves to the campaign so the campaign isn't the, the campaign's not going to be much of a challenge at that point in time play regular pandemic mm-hmm. now you could i mean these are mechanics from from pandemic expansions okay now is the game feel any different than regular pandemic like at the end of the game could you now just use it to play regular pandemic with a slightly different board than normal i mean if you took off all i mean but as without taking as stuff faded, well let me explain let me explain it to you um as as the cities become faded um the cities will turn from being whatever color it is that they have to being a faded color so any time that that card is drawn, instead of putting out a disease cube, you'll put out a faded cube, a faded um, figure. Okay. In the final game, you'll grab vaccines and you'll vaccinate everything. So you'll sticker over the faded sticker with a vaccinated sticker. So all of those will now, many of the cities now will have stickers over the top of them, obscuring what color they are. So. If you didn't destroy any of the cards to date, then you would need to remove all of the stickers from the board to easily see what color they are. Gotcha. Okay. Big giant pita. And so, so the last game you could play that over and over, but no, you can't because there's you've put all the stickers down on the in board. the middle of the game. To, in the, during the course of the game, yes, oh, you would have to take the stickers because the goal of the game is to prevent the bad guys from getting access to more zombie virus and cure all of the current zombie virus. Okay, so now that was unnecessary. They shouldn't have done that at the end of the game because then you could still play it at least as a regular pandemic. That's kind of a cheap shot. I don't know. Seems like it's it. really hard for me. I mean, it'd be nice if I didn't, ha- if there was something I could do with the game to play a regular game of Pandemic, if there was some way to like downgrade it. But there's so many components in here that's unnecessary. It's a larger board than a regular Pandemic hmm. game. Okay. It's a much larger box and it needs than a regular to be. Pandemic game. It, it needs to be. Okay. Yes. It does need to be. Um, you know, there's more, there's more objectives that are going to be on the board. I mean, they could have maybe condensed it, but. 
I, I think that that would have hurt the game overall if they had tried to condense it. So it's a larger board than you need for regular pandemic. It's a much larger box than you need for regular pandemic. Mm-hmm. If, Does the, um, I was going to ask you. I mean, what I think you could do is buy, I mean, regular pandemic is not that expensive. You could keep all the components from the expansion type stuff use it in your regular pandemic and download the rules from online for the expansions and play with the expansion stuff. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> really true. Could. Huh? You really could. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. If you want to cobble that together, but I think you're more well served doing that than trying to play it on this original board. Okay. So, so if you look at it that way, it's probably not that bad investment after all, because a couple of those expansions are going to cost you about the same price as the game. I retail have to compare. I'd have to compare and contrast exactly which parts of which expansions are in there. Hmm. Okay. That that's an interesting question. But you know, you only find out about it if you listen to the spoiler, and you only listen to the spoiler if you already played the game. So probably it's not very helpful. Probably. Okay. Interesting. You know. So I mean, I mean, do you have standard pandemic? I do, and a couple of the expansions. I I can certainly send you the stuff, and you can find out. Uh no, because I already I already have them. So. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's... It, I do not personally have standard Pandemic. I have Flashpoint and a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that sort of scratches that for me. But now you could add zombies so, to Flashpoint. I could, yes. <laughs> I, don't really know, I don't really know why I would want to do that, but I could. You know? Flaming zombies. The, um... Okay. That's a dangerous proposition. Yep. Well, okay, so that's, that's interesting. So now having heard all this... And learning a little bit more than what I already knew. Actually, maybe a fair bit more. Um, it still sounds like an interesting story. And it seems like it'd still be fun to, to play it for the story. Yeah. Um, I'd have to to make a conscious effort at that point with the army to to try and Good pretend luck. I don't know that information and just play on whatever card I think I wanted on. I, I think that I don't think there's any need for you to feel like you need to do that. I'd rather I'd rather you spend the money on Arkham Horror because I think that there's a good story in an Arkham Horror game. Mm-hmm. There's a good narrative in an Arkham Horror game, um, and there's no having to pretend you don't know something because even if you don't know it, at the worst you could just make the game more challenging for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. Uh, you can't do that for this. Did it feel weird playing the same game over and over with a story around it, or did it, did the story tie it, it in not. well at all, or is it just uh, complete um suspension the of disbelief. story did the story did tie in well for this one because as the story developed the objectives for the game changed mm-hmm. so each round like something different happens like you had to at one point in time start building paramilitary bases and you couldn't win the game unless you did build paramilitary bases and then once we found out that they're bad you had to destroy paramilitary <laughs> bases and you couldn't win the game unless you did so the objectives changed in relationship to the story, which helped with immersion. But what you're doing all that... this is probably a problem with Seafall, is that the objectives of the game aren't really changing, so there's not that immersion in the story. I see. So so when, you, when you're playing to build the military bases, you're not also trying to destroy the diseases, or are you? You are. You have to do both. Okay. You have to cure. You have to cure the diseases and then do other side objectives. Okay. So does the story explain why the diseases come back to the whole world every month? No. Okay. So that's just you know just accept that it's a little weird, but yeah. I mean, it's not a little weird. We're just trying to cure these things. It's continued research and development. Okay. Do, do people? I mean, 
that never required a suspension of disbelief for me. We've never cured the flu. The flu, you have to keep getting vaccinated for. Mm -hmm. These are super flus. You're right. Okay. Yep. That's a good point. That's not suspension of disbelief. (laughs) That's just further understanding. It's season one. It's it's basically a television drama show, and it's just instead of an annual flu thing, it's a monthly flu thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And, I mean, we were talking about how the funding level you, – you mentioned how you can change your difficulty. Mm-hmm. The scaling for difficulty in this is relatively easy. We finished it in how many months? One, two, three. Only three times did we not succeed. The way it works is you get two shots for every month, and if you don't succeed on a month, you just move on. Mm-hmm. Only three times did we need our second shot. Okay. And that's oh, it. you did pretty well. The game, yeah, we did. My friend had a lot more trouble. I think he said, I don't remember exactly how it worked, but he said, it, like, if I lose the next one, then we're going to have lost the whole thing or something like that. That's not possible. Okay, then maybe I'm oh, for the last, for the last one, maybe. Um, but I don't. Like, I don't remember how it was, but basically, at, they had lost so many that they could not lose another game at this point. I don't know. So that could be. I mean, there was. One of the biggest beefs I have with it is really the ending because the ending, it's really about the, the scorekeeping in the very end. At the very end, it gives you a scorecard to total up your score for the campaign. And throughout the campaign, there were various objectives. If you hadn't discovered the whole conspiracy, the game feeds you the conspiracy. Okay. Mm. And then it deducts, it deducts 200 points if it had to feed you that conspiracy. Okay. You never would have known that otherwise, right? Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, you you simply never would have known that you're losing those points if you don't finish and find the conspiracy. And it just all of a sudden comes in and rescues you and, and lets you find that out. And then it gives you a scorecard. You know, I would... The game, after you beat the whole thing, I would prefer if the final thing was, congratulations, you saved the world. It never says, congratulations, you saved the world. The last card is a score. That's kind of weird. Yeah. It broke, it broke immersion hard for me. Huh. Okay. And I mean, I did the score. We got 759 for our score, which is d- disaster averted level. It's the second level there. Mm, okay. Maybe that's what he was saying he needed to win or something because of that scorecard or something. No, but you don't see that until after the last game, you said? You don't see it until after the oh. after the last game, after you win the final game, then you figure it out. Okay. And you get to look at that scorecard. But, I mean, if you don't beat the last two, then I'm not quite sure what happens if you don't beat the last, the very last game. Presumably the game somehow engineers that you didn't actually lose the world. Hmm, okay. You know, so this spoiler show is actually for people that have played the entire campaign and thought about that before. And I guess that's true for any other po- yes. any other podcast that covers this game and does a spoiler show. Yes. If you're in the middle of it, avoid your spoilers. Hmm. Yes. I'd hope that would be true of anybody listening. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll remember to mention that at the beginning. Just in case. I think that's probably, and it should be obvious, right? Yeah. That, I think that's clear. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, there's definitely going to be people who are going to be listening to it and wanting to hear the spoilers anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, that's fine. That's, that's her prerogative. But for me, I, I mean, it's so funny that it left such a bitter taste in your mouth and it should be like 
the last thing that they do leaves such a bitter taste in your mouth was that scorecard. I think that if they had replaced that scorecard with a congratulation note and dropped score, maybe released the score as a QR code online or something else like that, that would have been mm. so much nicer. But there's no there's no congratulations you save the world. But it doesn't say that. So do you save the world regardless at the end? No matter yeah. you always save if it. If you want, I can find out real quick. Let me take a look. That's fine. I don't need to know. But I'm gonna find I mean the truest answer is I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, so I mean, the truest answer is I don't necessarily know. I have no idea. I, I mean, we didn't encounter that issue. I assume the game will say that you know the world got destroyed if you don't manage to save the world the last the last second. Okay. We did. The last month was honestly pretty easy, especially since if you don't succeed the first time and you only manage to do one or the other of the two objectives it stays completed the second time you go around. Oh, so okay. It's really easy. It's really easy to complete it the second month. Our, our very last game was literally two minutes because we didn't need that much to finish it. I see. And that has to do with the whole legacy aspect. Yeah, so they really want you to win at the end and save the world. Okay. So yeah. have they announced anything at all about a season two? It is going to happen or is that just... They have announced about season two. They have announced about season two and they've had some spoilers about the box cover and there was some unofficial spoilers about the board that came out, but there's no official spoilers. So anything can change at this point. Mm -hmm. So it may have nothing to do with the zombies. Everybody's turning into leopard people or something now. It sounds like it's happening after because the world is in a pretty rough spot by the time you're done with this. I mean, you have the option to nuke the world at one point in time (laughs) to nuke a city. And, you know, the world's in pretty poor shape. There's riots all over the place, and there's collapsed cities all over the place. So the world's in a pretty poor shape. And, you know, there's been a zombie outbreak. So I think that Season 2 is trying to pick up after the world's already, like, headed towards destruction and trying to fix it at that point in time. So this could be used as a world-building world building exercise for a role-playing game afterwards, if you wanted to. Where you now have a world and you've got your history of what's happened. You certainly can, but I think you'd be better off getting a role-playing game that's designed for that. Yeah, but you know, it'd be neat because it's personal and because you've played through it already. So now again, you're more more emotionally invested in that setting. It would seem like that would be true. Because you know, I mean, the problem is is that the role-playing game is going to have a different setting. You're not going to be. Well, it could be a generic. You're... It could be a generic setting. I mean, you, you know, a DM, a good DM could make any story up, and he could say, well. You know, we played Pandemic Legacy and Atlanta was destroyed, so there's no Atlanta in this world. But there is Yeah, but you're uh, gonna be you're not gonna have the same set of characters and things like that. A role playing game where you are the characters in Pandemic trying to run around cure the world, I imagine is not going to be an exciting role playing game. Role playing games tend to be combat. E- yes. So it could be after after the game has taken place and now you said the zombies were already cured. Yeah, so I guess you're right. Wouldn't make, but uh, anyway, there is potential for a really creative storyteller with a really weird, different story about mm-hmm. I don't know, jewel heist in the post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. One other interesting thing to note, by the way, there's not really any mechanic that forces you to change what characters you used. We happen to, but you could use the same characters almost the entire time. 
at some like the medic, for example, once the faded are out, the medic is not really useful. But for example, every single game we had a quarantine playing. Mm-hmm. A quarantine specialist. I'm looking through, there's maybe, I'm looking through, there's one game where we didn't have a quarantine specialist play. We almost always had a scientist play once the scientist came out. Until the military was bad, we almost always had an ops come out. Hmm. And, you know, that's, that's potentially a weakness is that there's nothing, in, in regular pandemic, you're challenged to use different strategies because the characters is distributed at random. Yeah. There's no such thing at this. And so you really could stick with the same strategies and sort of go in a rut and play over and over and over again. Yeah. Now, I, I wish you could play the same characters over and over again. And, and like it was part of the design. It seems like that that's a missed opportunity there. So I imagine that would be hard to do. You know, from the beginning, you decide to use the, the medic and, and he's in the game every time until he dies. Oh, and just develop him up? Yeah. And so you, because Julius chose the medic from the beginning, Julius plays the medic the rest of the campaign until medic dies. I hear that. I, I mean, I I like that because that feels more like a role playing mm-hmm. game. That is not how they did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, may, maybe another one. You know, like we said, there's plenty of opportunity for many other legacy games, and I'm sure they'll get innovative and come up with other interesting ways to to do things. Oh, and there was also an emergency out, by the way. If you ever start messing up really bad, you get to open up box eight, which is a small little salvation. Yeah, my friend did that. <laughs> oh, he had to open up box I'm eight? I'm sure he did, yes. Oh, I was about to say, we never even had got close to doing that. We were pretty much rocking. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different experience than his. We are professional gamers, I see. <laughs> Gosh, well, that is cool. Um... Yeah, I'd, I still don't have any plans to get it. But it'd be sounds like it'd be interesting I, I to experience the story. You just experience the story. Go read a book. You know, if you're in it for the story, go read a book. Go play an escape room. Uh, play yeah. a video game. So I had friends that would tell me about a a book or a movie, um, in great detail, like Dragonlance novels for Dungeons and Dragons. And he read them right. on. He would tell me about all the stories. So I felt like I had read them. And at one point, I finally went and read the first ones. Okay. Yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown, I think, about it. it. It was good. It was an interesting story, but, you know, there I already knew so much of it was going to happen. There you go. That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Go read a book. Yep, a different one. You're not going to... I don't think... I think that once you listen to Spoiler, I don't think you'd really enjoy it. Okay. There's no new There's no new shiny. You lose out on all the dopamines from the shiny. Though it would be interesting to, to play it and find out how true that is, you know, just to tell other people. So here's my experience. Okay. I'm not gonna. I don't think I am. I don't I'm not gonna it. buy it. <laughs> you know, if it falls from the sky and lands on my house. So, ooh, look at that! I'll try it now. It's an interesting experiment, but that's a tough one to justify any sort of funds for. I don't know. I think that the story in this. I mean, it's fun to immerse yourself in the story, and it's fun to play through it. It's not a super strong story. If you're like, God, I heard it's a great story. I really want to experience the story. <laughs> you want to experience the game. Yeah, as it evolves throughout the story. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, maybe season two, but I doubt it. You never know. I'm just maybe I'm just waiting for the right legacy game. You never know. Mm-hmm. If you're waiting for the right legacy game, I think you're probably still waiting. Okay, so none of them are out yet that you know of. Uh, Charterstone's coming soon. What is that? that? Maybe. 
That's Charterstone is a worker placement game where the worker placement game changes over time, but I'm not sure if there's a story for that and one. And this is the one where you're building a city or something like that? Is that Portal a city Games? city or something like that, yeah. No, that is not. Okay. That is um, Stonemeyer. Okay, that's right. And I'm really looking forward to Seventh Continent, but it's not Legacy, mm-hmm. it's Campaign. There's a game, uh, Your Name Here and the Argonauts. I think that's a Legacy game. In that I think you write on the cards as you play it. It's a small print-and-play game. You write on the cards for that I, game? I've heard of that one before, but I didn't know you I, I may be wrong. I may, I may be misrepresenting it. I don't know. But for some reason, I thought... Or maybe it's maybe it's a campaign game in that you take cards out as you play it. But being that it's a print and play, you might you could potentially write on it and it would work. Hmm. Indeed, all the cards in the game will have check boxes on them that will be used to represent the level of the cards. Cards that were defeated or captured or successful measure will be marked. Monsters become stronger and treasures will lose durability. Some monsters will even bring reinforcements into your deck. The players that make uh, may keep up, the players can level up after successful adventures. They start a game with larger crew and add new items to the deck. So it certainly sounds like, yes, this is a game where you write on the cards. Mm-hmm. So it's the second legacy game because it came out after us. Actually, there's another game. <laughs> okay, now I'm, I'm really pushing the envelope far here. There's a game, um, 1,000 Blank White Cards, in which you get a bunch of blank white cards and everybody creates their own white cards, fills in whatever they want on them, and then you throw out a bunch of the old ones, you know, throw them in the trash. And now play with a sure. mix of some of the old ones and some of the new ones. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And so that's a legacy game because the more you play, it's going to evolve and never go back to being what it was before. <laughs> but it, I, I, it's, it's I, also a lame game. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wait, have you played this one before? Uh, the Your Name Here and the Argonauts? No, I have not. Uh, okay. I have not played any legacy game. I didn't know if you were considering this one. Uh, well, for, for the for the sake of explaining why I haven't played it, yeah. No idea. <laughs> no idea. Alrighty. Well, anyway. Okay, and so that's a show again, or that's the closing notes of a show. Bye bye. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractalune on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.